Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Isaiah 53 this morning. I've been teaching the two different series, one on Sundays called Growing Up Spiritually, and one on Wednesday nights called Sign of the Times. Amen? Been enjoying those? Now, I've taken a break for those. We've just, we've just kind of, uh, what you would call, uh, just kind of suspended them just for a, for a couple of weeks because the Lord spoke to me and He said, I want you to just inundate the church. Now, I call it the, uh, the, the, the law of displacement. Does anybody know what the law of displacement is all about? You know, you take a glass, maybe at, at, at a... a Breakfast, you have a coffee cup or a glass of milk or something, and you put it in the and you put it in the sink, and it's got a little bit of coffee or a little bit of milk left in it, and so you turn it off, turn on the water, and set it under the faucet, and all of a sudden water starts to flow in it, and you see that mixture of coffee and mixture of milk, and you know next thing you know the the coffee, the milk, it gets lighter and lighter and lighter till eventually it's gone, it's just absolutely gone, and it's just water in the in the glass or in the cup, that's called the law of displacement. Well, according to the law of displacement, I'm going to pour into you teaching on peace and teaching on peace and teaching on peace till anything that would try to steal your peace is displaced and out of you and you're walking in the peace of God. Amen. Amen. So Isaiah 53, let me just say this. We've got a little uh, encouragement that we do as uh, Christina was telling you about on the announcements and we're teaching on peace in that. I'm probably going to do one more series on that, on that encouragement series on our social media. So be sure and listen to that. And I guarantee you, the more words you can get. See, if you want God to manifest in a certain area, then teach on it, preach on it, and you'll see God show up and demonstrate it. Amen. Amen? Isaiah 53, this great redemptive, chapter of the prophet Isaiah looking down through the portals of time and seeing not only one coming but both comings of the Lord Jesus Christ beginning there in verse 4 surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted but he was wounded for our transgression bruised for our iniquity the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. Isn't it amazing how when it came to physical healing, he looked down and he didn't, he didn't say it like this. Well, with his stripes, you're going to be healed. You know, one of, one of these days it's going to come. No, he said, with his stripes, we are healed. And then in past tense, in both, where is it? Uh, Matthew, uh, Matthew and, in, and in the book of 1 Peter 2, 2.24, it's we were healed. You say, what do you mean by that? You were healed. Healing is not something we're trying to get from God. Healing already belongs to us. You just have to learn how to appropriate it by faith. Like anything else that God gives us through redemption. But then he talks about being wounded for our transgression. Transgressions are the outward acts of sin. A wound is outward. Amen? So the wounds that he took upon his body was for all of the individual acts of sin we have committed. Amen? Then it says he was bruised for our iniquity. Iniquity is the inward desire to sin. It is that which is unrestrained in the fallen human nature which motivates men and women to break the laws of God. So a bruise is what? Inward. Therefore, iniquity is an inward force. Thank God we got born again and we're no no longer iniquitous. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. But now notice right in the middle there, and I don't know if we put the emphasis on it like we should, It says the chastisement 
of our peace. So we could say it like this. Jesus was wounded. Jesus was bruised. Jesus was chastised. And Jesus was whipped or Jesus was striped. Amen? Now, chastisement is an unusual word. I got in, I started studying. And the definitions were not as clear as the synonyms. Am I right with that word? Synonyms being a different words that mean the same thing. So listen to this and see if this will kind of paint a picture in your mind of what chastisement is. Uh, to baste, uh, to ball out, to cast down, to castigate, to chew out, to dress down, to flay, to hammer, to lambast, to rag at, to rail against, to rant, to ream out, or to rebuke. Have you ever been chastised? <laughs> but could you imagine that the most unlikely person to ever walk the planet that was worthy of chastisement, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he was chastised more than anybody else. But what he was doing in that act of chastisement is he was taking the chastisement that was coming against you. Amen? And he did that so that he might give us peace. Everybody say peace. Now, peace is, listen, peace is more than just a piece of paper they sign at the end of a war. Amen. The Hebrew, the root word of the Hebrew word that we use for peace is the word shalom. Not only that, we can understand that according to the word of God, and if you study it, it's a whole lot more than just the inward calm delight, because that's one definition of peace, is an inward calm delight, but it is everything that helps produce that inward calm delight. Actually, one translation is wholeness. And wholeness literally means the assembly of parts put back together. Not the way they were before you had the current problem, but the way they were before Adam fell in the garden. Ooh, I should have got a better amen than that. God wants to restore the peace of God to humanity, and Jesus bore our chastisement so that we could have his peace so that we could have his wholeness, so that we could have his shalom in God good. Now go to chapter 32 real quick. We're going to start working on this a little bit so that we can see that peace manifest in your life. Because listen, you need peace. Now with all that's going on, I don't, I'm definitely not a, a political commentary person of any kind, not a any type of a commenter on uh, social trends and things that are happening. But I'm going to tell you something, church. Our nation is sick. Our nation is sick and reeling under the symptoms of systemic things that have gone on in this, gone on in this nation for many years. Now, I'm not in agreement with every uh, act that has been committed uh, based on injustices that have happened. Amen. I believe there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. I do believe there are people out there uh, that have other agendas that want to just see the nation destroyed. But listen, in the midst of all that's going on, God can bring peace to this nation. Where governments cannot do it, where politicians cannot do it, where all of the other things that try to bring peace cannot do it, God, through an awakening and a revival in this nation, can bring true peace. And that's what we're believing God for. Amen? Now, in Isaiah uh, chapter, chapter 32, I'm going to take my coat off. I'm getting kind of hot. Glory to God. And I'm not in a hurry. I hope you're not. The tide doesn't change till about 3 o'clock, and that's when the surf's going to get real good, so don't look for me. 
You'll know where I'll be. Amen. Verse 32, Isaiah, excuse me, verse 17. Isaiah 32. And the work, now listen to this. Notice the word work. That's activity. The work of righteousness shall be peace. Everybody say peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. Don't you want, listen, any, any circumstance you have in your life that's, that's contrary, that brings discomfort to you, that breaches your peace, listen, you can have turmoil, you can have strife, you can have it in your body, physically. You can have it in your finances. You can have it in your mind. You can have it in a marriage. You can have it with your children. You can have it at your job, your business. And listen, Jesus bore that chastisement. So in your job, in your marriage, uh, in your business, uh, in your finances, in your health, you can have peace. You can have wholeness. But now notice this. It says the work of righteousness shall be peace. So is there, there is a work that righteousness does that brings peace online. Amen. Then it says this. There's an effect to that work. It's going to be quietness. I don't like my checkbook hollering at me. I don't like my body hollering at me. I, I don't like, listen, I don't like my, uh, I don't like my circumstances or situations in the church. In my, I, don't like, I don't like all kinds of strife and turmoil. And, you know, look, uh, when was it? Thursday. I, I, I went surfing Thursday and I, and, I, and I surfed for too long. I've been surfing for 47 years, so I get inspired sometimes. So I'm out there, you know, the one-man crowd. And, and, uh, and uh, I, I pushed it a little too far, went a, went a little, you know, too long. And when I got out, I knew I had breached the peace of my 64-year-old body. I called Leah. I said, turn on the hot tub, honey. Thank God for the hot tub. Amen. But look. I've got my peace back. Amen. You must understand there are circumstances, situations, trials, tribulations that you go through that are designed specifically by your adversary, the devil, to steal your peace. And listen, when your peace is gone, that's a miserable time, especially for a believer. But now notice in the midst of this, the quietness, the effect of, notice what it says. It says, uh, let me find it here. Quietness. And assurance forever. This all is connected to this word righteousness. Now with that in mind, go all the way back into the, into the New Covenant, into Romans. Go into Romans chapter 14. I believe this will help you this morning. How many need a little peace in your life? Same verse, verse 17. It says, for the kingdom of God... Is not in meat and drink. But now notice this. Righteousness, it's in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, this scripture, if you'll go study back up into the chapter, what the Apostle Paul is telling us here at the church in Galveston, he is saying, this kingdom of God that manifests, remember we talked about it earlier, these, these ways that God does things, the way that God is the way that God is, is applying His kingdom upon the earth to bring about the kingdom of heaven. It's not in meat and drink. You say, now what is He saying there? He's actually saying this. It's not based upon, or its foundation is not upon the do's and the don'ts. Did I say do's and don'ts? Because that's law. And we've been delivered out of the law into a dispensation of grace, mercy, and compassion. 
Aren't you glad? Jesus calls it the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, with that understanding, listen, there's still a lot of denominations, a lot of churches, and they've got, you know, their, their codes and their creeds and their rules. Listen, all of, the, all of the things that we would really call sin, you know, that destroy your body, destroy your mind, that, that, that do Listen, you ought to have on the inside of you the nature of God where that's, that's not your nature anymore. You don't do those things, not because it's a law that we say, you know, thou shalt not smoke cigarettes, thou shalt not smoke pot, thou shalt not snort cocaine, thou shalt not drink alcohol, thou shalt not do this. That. No, no, you don't do that because you don't want to no more. We don't have to post it on the wall. Amen? That's not the kingdom of God. It's not in meat and drink, but it's number one, in righteousness. And the problem is so many people, they see that word and because it's kind of long, they don't have an understanding of what true righteousness is. Righteousness is something that God has imparted to us through the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's nothing you can adhere to. It's nothing you can earn and bring upon yourself. It's something that you're born again into. If you're born onto the first earth, born, excuse me, born into the earth, into the human family, you're born again, excuse me, you're born onto the earth a what? A human being. Let's say human being. Human being. Did you earn it? Nope. Did you buy it? Nope. Did you go to a course somewhere and learn how to be one? No, you just were born one. Amen. The same thing is true of righteousness. A simple definition is right of righteousness. Right standing with God. You're not unholy. You're not unworthy. I told the first crowd, we were teaching the first crowd, I said, uh, we do our, these, these prayer events up at the courthouse. And it's been, a, I think it was right after Ike, I did one. And, and bless his heart, we had several of the uh, denominational pastors. We were all praying. Different ones were praying over the military, over the police, over our city, different things. And one guy got up and prayed. And bless his heart, I, I hope he's gotten a little more revelation. But all he could talk about was, you know, he closed his eyes, he bowed his head very, very uh, humbly. And he just began like this. Oh, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. We're just so unworthy. Oh, we're just so unworthy. Oh, we're just, uh, just so unworthy to approach your throne of grace. So unworthy to come and ask you to do. So, and I thought to myself, not me. I wanted to shout it out, but I didn't do it. I, I kept, my, kept my peace. Amen. <laughs> but you're not unworthy. You have this. Now, listen to me. You have the right standing with God, the same right standing with God that Jesus himself has. 2 Corinthians 5.21, that's your scripture. He that knew no sin was made sin on your behalf, and because of that, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Man, you can come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy in time of need. You have the right to worship. You have the right to praise. You have the right to pray and expect your prayers to be answered. You have the right to give and expect harvest. You have the right to the power of God. You have a right to the authority of God. You have a right to the name of Jesus and to be a bearer of that name. You say, why? Because you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It must be a revelation to you. That's why I've always taken that scripture. And in my prayer time, I've always lifted my hand and said, Thank you, Father, that he that knew no sin was made sin on my behalf. Oh, what must that have been like? But I thank you because of that. He took my iniquity so I could have his righteousness. He took what caused me not to have fellowship with God. He removed that and gave to me what I needed to have fellowship with God with and for. Woo, glory to God. That ought to excite you. 
Somebody say righteousness. That must be a revelation in your heart. So the kingdom of God is not in do's and don'ts. It's not in meat and drink, but righteousness. Somebody say righteousness. Now here we go. And peace. Now listen, you'll never have peace until you know you're right with God. And listen, you're not right with God by your behavior and through willpower just stopping doing stuff. I'm not, I'm not going to do this. I'm not, I'm not going to kick the cat anymore. I'm not going you know, to steal my neighbor's garbage can anymore. I'm not going to do that. I'm not, yeah, that's not, that's not going to work for you. Peace comes when you accept your righteousness and realize everything between me and God is okay. We said this Wednesday night, the, the shepherds in the field that begin to, uh, angels begin to declare unto them that, that, that Jesus was born in the manger. The Redeemer was born in the manger. And he began to say, it's going to bring peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Now that's not goodwill toward men on earth. That's goodwill between God in heaven and men on earth. God has restored His goodwill toward men by imparting unto man that righteousness so that men and women on earth can freely come to the Father. You talk about peace. You talk about peace. That's the kind of peace. That's the kind of shalom. That's the kind of wholeness that God wants you to walk in. Amen. Now notice this. Righteousness, peace is what? Peace is a manifestation. Can you tell when you're at peace? Can you tell when you're not? Have you ever been extremely agitated over anything? What are you looking at me for? <laughs> I mean, have you ever been at that place where you thought, you know, I'm just ready to pull my hair out. And I'm telling you, circumstances on the earth in the days, months, and years to come are not going to be conducive to peace. So you better learn how to walk in the peace of God for yourself personally. Can I get an amen? amen. For your family. Can I get an amen? amen? And in our church, can I get an amen? amen? And if we can walk in peace because of that righteousness, people are going to see it. People are going to know it. Now notice, righteousness, peace, and here's the third one, and joy in the Holy Ghost. There was a joy. Now we've experienced, and actually from the very beginning of our ministry, way back in the early 80s, mid-80s, excuse me, 1984, until present time, we have seen outbreaks of the Spirit of God moving when it comes to joy. I, I got around meetings, I got around people that had an anointing of joy and power upon their lives and and many times I would just, man, I'd just sop that anointing up. And then when God would begin to move by the Spirit in our own ministry, all I would have to do is, is walk by people many times and they would pick up that anointing and they would either begin to laugh or they'd begin to dance or they'd begin to shout or they'd have some kind of expression of joy. Amen? And I got people in, in, in this church that I watch and when that anointing begins to move, I'll, I'll walk by them purposeful, purposely to get them a laughing. He said, now why would you do that? Because it might get off on you. And that's always a wonderful time. Have you ever been in one of those services like that? Isn't that powerful? But that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about righteousness, a revelation, peace, a manifestation, but joy in the Holy Ghost is God's presentation of us to this world that has no joy. 
This, listen, let me tell you what the world has. Temporal happiness based on circumstance. Amen? Lee and, I, Lee and I, oh, I don't know, maybe two to three times a week, we'll be getting ready and coming up to the church and getting ready for the day. And, and uh, you know, we, we watch, uh, what is the show we watch? The game show. The Price is Right. I, listen, I'm believing God for a church that looks like a Price is Right show. <laughs> Amen? I mean, those people are excited. You know why they're excited? They think they may get something. Just the expectancy, and they're like, Whoa! <laughs> I think it's really cool. But then there's those times when the guy comes up or the gal comes up and they got this game and they're working and, they're, and you can tell they got this expectancy, but you can tell the game's not all the same. And then they always got the, the organs that plays like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> And there is no happiness at all. You can tell they just kind of, and, uh, and what's the guy's name? Drew. He always says, well, you get to spin the wheel. He's trying to pull them back up into the meeting. Amen. <laughs> but thank God we don't have to live by the temporal happiness of the price is right. We have joy in the Holy Ghost. And joy in the Holy Ghost is literally an attitude that is a presentation to this world of who God's kids really are. We're in the midst of some of the most desperate times when things just are, and listen, it's not a mocking of circumstances. It's not in any way belittling the seriousness of what may be going on at the time, but it is this inward calm delight in which literally you cannot find a reason to be sad or depressed. And God takes that and he presents this to the world. I heard a guy giving his testimony. One time. He came out of drugs and the mafia and all this kind of stuff. And he, he, said, uh, he said, people witnessed to him many times. And he said, I never got, never got, never even had any interest in Christianity whatsoever. And he says, really, it wasn't because of the message. He says, I thought the message was pretty cool. He says, it was because of the messenger. He said, the messenger was just, you know, do you, would you like to receive Jesus? He said, I didn't want it. I said, no, you know, he'll do for you what he did for me. I said, I don't want that. <laughs> but he hired a guy to come work on his house who he knew used to be in the mafia and was a very dangerous criminal. And there had been a rumor around town that he had, quote, gotten religion. Well, he didn't get religion. He got Jesus. He says, and this guy came into my house, and he said, I knew him from the street. He said, I knew he was tough. Man, you never saw a smile on his face. And he said, that first day when he came to the house to do the estimate, he said he had this big smile. He said he had this attitude about it. He said everything about him was just, was just calm and peaceful. He said he finally answered, asked him, he said, what, what's happened to you? He says, I found Jesus. And he began to witness to this guy. And this guy got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and became a minister because of somebody who had joy in the Holy Ghost. What do you look like to your neighbor? What do you look like to the person you work next to? Man, nobody's amen in that at all, are they? So man, the whole world's going to hell on a skateboard, and it's getting bigger wheels. That's the day and the hour we're living in. Sign of the times, church. 
But in the midst of it, God wants to raise up a church that has a revelation of righteousness, a manifestation of peace, and because of that peace, they can bring joy in the Holy Ghost. Everywhere they go, they are manifesting this joy in the Holy Ghost, and it's not a put-on, it's something bubbling up from the inside out. Amen? Now, there are those times when the Spirit of God moves. I, I, I related an incident. We were in Columbia, Missouri. We'd held a series of meetings. It's Sunday through Wednesday, two services a day. Wednesday night, the pastors wanted to, wanted to just kind of have a, have a meal and a fellowship. Several other pastors had come. Uh, uh, the crowds were great. And we just had this, this Holy Ghost meeting where the people were drunk in the Spirit and, and laughing and having all. So they, they had gone to a particular restaurant. They liked it in Columbia, Missouri, and, and that's a college town. So this one particular restaurant, they actually paid money so they would stay open late and accommodate uh, the party that we had, the group of people that we had. So we came in and they were sitting. I was still kind of drunk. I was still kind of just kind of dragging along, kind of chuckling, you know. And I sat down. And uh, I looked across the pastor and his wife sat across me and I sat down and everybody was real quiet and sitting there kind of, and you know, the waiters were working around the table and bringing water and doing that and that. And I looked across at the pastor's wife and she just slid out of her chair. <laughs> and when she did that, the service we were having just started happening right there in the restaurant. People started laughing. People were getting drunk in the Holy Ghost again. The power of God was moving. There was a joy. And after a few minutes, one of the waiters came by, said to the pastor, he said, what have you guys been drinking? <laughs> you want to know what we've been drinking? You know, here's the thing. The world, everything the world will give you to try to give you any kind of quote peace, which will be a false peace, or any kind of joy, which will be a false joy, or any kind of happiness that, will, that is fleeting. Have you ever noticed it's designed to kill you? It's designed to kill you. But anything that God gives you, it gives you life. It gives you an expectancy. It gives you a hope on the inside that I tell you, you just can't deny it. Listen, in the midst of all this that's going on, I've got such an expectancy, such a hope on the inside, and I'm doing everything I can do to stay in the Word of God and pray and intercede and lead the church into these things because I believe the greatest days of the church universally that we've ever seen are fixing to dawn upon us. I want us to be ready. I want us to be prepared. And when it happens, I want to be the first one off the side of the pool. Amen. I like Big Red. Anybody like Big Red? I like Big Red. You know, a lot of people that like soft drinks, you get these soft drinks, and I see it because they put them in all the stores. They have all these lids they put on their, put on their, on their soft drinks. I never put a lid on my soft drink. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. And I've got uh, some people over here that I, I do business with for, for, my, for my vehicle. And uh, uh, they're from Nepal. I've been ministering to them over the past few months. And uh, I go in there to get Big Reds. And I always, they always ask me, you want a lid? I tell them, no, I don't want a lid. Don't want a lid or a straw. Now, when I drink Big Red, many times I'll be drinking. If I'm going down the beach looking at the surf or driving looking at the bay doing something, I'll drink it and that, that ice will clump up in the bottom and it'll come down and hit you in the face. And next thing you know, you got Big Red all over your shirt. Amen? And people can tell I've been drinking Big Red. Now listen, you're full of the Holy Ghost. You're full of joy. But a lot of you got a lid on you. Oh, thank you. I can tell my puppy story here now. I mean, know my puppy story. We had 14 puppies. Our first litter of pups we had, we like Labrador retrievers. We raise them for duck hunting. And so we had 14 puppies. 
And that was the first letter we had. Lee and I were newly married. And I thought to myself, I'm going to create a Kodak moment. Anybody know what a Kodak moment is? It's some great picture you can take. Everybody's going to love it. And so I had this idea. The pups had grown to four weeks. Eyes were open. Mom was kicking them off. So it was time for puppy chow. So puppy chow, if you read it, the first introduction of puppy chow to a puppy, the puppy chow should be warmed with warm water and, 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 and gotten very soft. So I took a cake pan. There's 14 puppies. I took a cake pan and I filled it with puppy chow and I filled it with warm water. And I had this idea that these puppies would march in line into my kitchen and line up around that cake pan and eat that puppy chow and create a, a Kodak moment. The alpha male we had was called Brutus. We named him Brutus. He was a big old blockhead, beautiful dog. He got a whiff of that puppy chow. He never smelled it, but he got a whiff of it. And when he got a whiff of it, he took off. And when he took off, I've no, no, I don't know if you've ever seen how Labradors will dive off a pool. They do those contests where they throw dummies and they dive like that. Brutus did a dive into the puppy chow. Flat. And it went on the walls. It, it was up as high as the stove. It was all over Brutus. And when the other 14 pups saw that, they did the same thing. And they had puppy chow all over them. Amen? Now, you got to understand something. I could tell as an owner and a raiser of Labrador puppies that those pups had had an experience with food. You say, how could you tell? They had food all over them. Amen? But listen, it wasn't the food that got on them. It was the food that got in them. And listen, we can have service after service of, of joy in the Holy Ghost and people laughing and rolling the aisles and running. But listen, if it doesn't get in you, it's not what gets on you. And you can tell people have had experiences with God. They walk out the church, they're kind of like dazed and confused, you know. But it's not what gets on you. Thank God for what can get on you that will bring inspiration. But it's the information of the Word of God that begins to get in your spirit and it begins to work that spiritual dynamo on the inside of you where you know that by His stripes I'm healed. Where you know that God supplies all of my need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Where you know that you're the righteousness of God in Christ. That begins to roll and roll and grind on the inside of you and begins to remove all of that doubt and unbelief and faith comes to your heart. And next thing you know, listen, you're a big red with a off looking for a place to splash on somebody and if the world ever needed that to happen it needs it now for the church to truly be what God has intended it to be you know you say well pastor I, I, I don't know if I'm buying into it. do you have any scriptural evidence the day of Pentecost Acts chapter 2 you don't have to turn there only 120 out of 500 showed up but man, when they showed up, there came the fire out of heaven. The Spirit of God filled the place where they were sitting. Tongues of fire came down upon them. They all began to speak in other tongues. But you know, God didn't contain that in an upper room. He didn't just hold it up to say, well, now we've got, now we've got the Holy Ghost. We're just going to hold it up there. We're just going to you know, build a little church. No, He took all of those people and He scattered them throughout Jerusalem. And you know what the people said? What's wrong with these people? Are they drunk? They begin, I guess they had watches back then. I don't know. Looked at their sundials. Said, no, it's, it's not but the ninth hour of the day. It's, it's not time to be drunk. Amen. But they could tell 
They were under the influence of something. Now you have a choice in your life. And peace, listen, peace is what God has given us as His children to be under the influence of. If you can get under the influence of peace, God is going to present you to a hurting world as someone that has true joy, not based on what you do or do not have, not based on any rights or privileges granted by a government, but true joy in the Holy Ghost. That's God's presentation of us to this world. And listen, without that peace, it's just a put on. It's just a, it's just a facade. It's an act. But when truly the peace of God and I mean in every area of your life, the peace of God begins to settle in there. Two things will happen. Number one, you'll begin to realize how little control you have over the circumstances of life. You say, what do you mean? Listen, I spent years trying to control things around me and never could get anything controlled. Amen? And then after being in the ministry for many years, I figured out there's only one thing I can control. I can't control my wife. I can't control my child. I can't control my dogs. I can't control my church. I can't control my staff. There's really only one relevant control issue in my life, and that's me controlling me. And when I found out, when God puts peace in your heart, you're able, for the first time in your life, to control yourself. Amen? Secondly, a value comes. You say, what do you mean a value? Once you ever discover the peace of God in your heart and in your life, you will see how very valuable, as valuable as the wounds for the transgressions, as valuable for the bruising for the iniquity, as valuable as the whipping of his back for your healing was the chastisement of the peace. He paid for our peace. That in the midst of the greatest storms in the world, his church can have the peace of God. His children can have the peace of God. Let me, let, let me one more time, just, just to help you. We think many times peace means everything's going good. When that's not true. We think peace is when, you know, I've got plenty of money in the bank. There's no doctor's reports that are negative. Everything's right with the marriage, the kids. Finally, pastor. Finally, I've got everything. Listen, if you ever get that in your life, let me know how you got that so I can get it in mine. That's not going to happen. The peace that God is talking about is the peace that in the worst storm that you're ever in, you can sit back on your couch or in your chair. You can fold your arms. You can put your mind on Jesus. You can lift your hands in worship. And you can search for the anxiety. You can search for the agitation. You can search for the oppression and you cannot find it because it's not there. And it's almost, many times I've had it happen to me, where it almost felt like something illegal. You say, what do you mean illegal? I'm supposed to be agitated. I'm supposed to be oppressed. I'm supposed to be depressed, but I'm not. I have the peace of God that passes all understanding. And because of that, I've got joy in the Holy Ghost. And when you begin to live like that, the value of that will be something that you as a believer will protect with everything that you have. Because you know in the day and the hour in which you live, more than anything else, you're going to need some peace. And as we said earlier, 
Without peace, you can never be led by God because God leads you by His peace. Amen. You love the Lord today. Lift your hands up. Father, we worship you. Lord, we glorify your name. And Father, I speak peace over this crowd, over every person sitting in Island Church this morning. No matter what the circumstance of life, the situation of life may be, I release the peace of God that passes all understanding to garrison and guard their heart and their mind by Jesus Christ, the one who was chastised for our peace. Thank you, Father, that the work of righteousness in our life shall be peace. And the effect of that righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. Thank you for the assurance of our prosperity, the assurance of our healing, the assurance of all that you promise to give us on the earth as we live out this life. But Father, we thank you for the assurance of heaven that no longer are we under the bondage of the fear of death because Jesus has risen from the dead and given us his peace. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. Let me ask you a question. You right with God this morning. You're living right. You're doing right. You have peace in your heart. Is there peace between you and God? Are you born again? Is Jesus your Lord? Maybe you were born again, but you've broken fellowship and lost that peace. And you need prayer this morning. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Anyone at all? Anyone at all? We'll pray if that's you. Anyone? Praise God. One, one person there, one there. Everybody with your head bowed, pray this out loud. Heavenly Father, I thank you that Jesus is my Lord. He is my Savior. I accept Him. I accept His peace into my life where my fellowship has been broken today. It is restored by the blood of Jesus and the power of His forgiveness. Thank you for the peace of God that passes all understanding. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Isn't God good? Praise God. We remind you of all of our uh, events coming up. Wednesday night we have prayer at 6.30 to 6.15. Then we have service at 7.30. Come to those Saturday night prayer meetings. Come to all our prayer meetings. I guarantee you will see that God is doing a great reviving of prayer here at Island Church. You want to be a part of that. Don't be a spectator. Be a participant so that you can receive all the benefits of that which God is doing. Amen. Be a blessing to people this week. We've got a great door of utterance, a great opportunity in the kingdom of God to take what we have and give it to the world. The world is hurting. The world is dissolving. All that many people held secure in their life is shaking right now. But we're only yielding and submitting to one shaking, and that is the shaking from heaven taking place in our lives right now. Amen. Praise God. Stand on your feet. Father, we bless your name this morning. Lord, as is our tradition, we declare the protection and safety of Island Church according to Scripture. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. We declare freedom from the bondage of viruses, sicknesses, disease, accidents, trauma, terror, evil plans of wicked men, or the devil himself. We abide under the shadow of the Most High. In our travels, in the highways, airways, seaways, railways, any other way of travel or transportation. Father, in the righteous labor of our hands, in our jobs, in our businesses, 
in education. Father, we do declare our schools will meet again. Our teachers will teach again. Lord, our, our, our administrators will administrate again. Lord, we thank you for that, for the restoration of things so that men and women can continue in a life of righteousness. Thank you, Father, for the door of utterance we have as a church. Let us go forth from this place. Joy in the Holy Ghost. God's presentation to this world of what it really means not to be religious, but to be born again and have our name written and secure in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you, Father. We'll be an answer to the prayers of people this week. We'll be a problem to the adversary. We'll be a miracle in people's lives. Father, we leave today walking in such great admiration and love and honor of you, God. We love you so much. We walk in love toward our fellow church members. Thank you for peace in Island Church. And we leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word anointed by God's Holy Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.